August 31st, 1996, I visit the 200-acre farm in Bagasas, Costa Rica. That's my passport. Roger Peterson Esquire did not show up, so Don left me on the street in front of his office so that he would not be late for the auction. Peterson arrived at 9 o'clock a.m., and we went over the corporations and options and the problems in dealing with a crazy person until noon. Peterson gave me all of the originals and agreed to limit the power of the president in all of Don's corporations. Don had bought property, Don had bought all of his property and corporations, which had a president named who Don doesn't even know, who had complete power of attorney. I had it limited so that the president could not sign anything on behalf of the corporations unless he received written permission from Don. I tried to talk Don into giving me a three-day hold on any d decision Don would make so that I could prevent him from doing something ignorant on impulse, but Don outright refused to let me have any say in what he was doing. He did say that he wants me to be protected and to find out how from Roger. The attorney said that Don's stocks could be endorsed on the rear to pass to me in the event of his death or incapacitation, and Don agreed to that. Don said that he did not want any of his Costa Rican investments to pass to his family because of the way they were lying about him and the divorce settlement with Gladys Lewis Cross. Don said he would have, Don said he would have Peterson draft a will to that effect, which he ended up doing. I took a four-hour bus ride to the farm, and let me tell you, I didn't talk about it here, but that bus ride, I will never forget that. I mean, it's like people carrying chickens and goats and bouncing like, like there were no shocks on that bus. I took a four-hour bus ride from the farm and met Martha and her husband, and they took me out to the farm where I met the caretakers. I could only stay a couple of hours because I had to take the bus back to Rormoser, where Don said he would pick me up. When I arrived in town late that night, at the most dangerous station in all of San Jose, Don was not there, but Fernando Garo was. He said he did not know where Don was, but that Martha had called and let him know that I would need an escort. When we got to the house, Don was standing out front and said he did not know I was coming. Where did he think I would go? When we went upstairs, the room was a shambles, and I asked what had happened. He said he met a woman at the corner store who wanted a job as the manager of the triplex. He was going to turn it into a bed and breakfast. So he invited her up to the room and let her try on my clothes. I can't imagine what was going through his feeble mind that he didn't think that would be a problem. He said he didn't like her children, so he wasn't going to hire her. I was so tired and in such shock at such a statement. I didn't pursue it other than to ask him to repeat himself because I was sure I must have heard him wrong. I heard him right, and truly, he seemed unconcerned about what I would feel. Later, Bertha told me that Don, Later, Bertha told me that Don had his girlfriend, Karina, staying with him, and when she heard I was coming back into town, he told her she had to go, and she didn't know that Don was married and threw a temper tantrum, which would explain the clothes all over the place. Bertha said that Don told Michael that he had almost been caught in the act by me coming back unexpectedly. We came home the next day.